The most recognisable works of Giacometti are his elongated single or groups of figures, men and women, known, for example, as man walking or the forest, which is a group of seven standing figures, 57 centimetres high and a small bust, sculpted in bronze and yet so frail looking. They appear to be emerging from small muddy platforms or they're being sucked into them. The Swiss artist who broke away from classical interpretation of sculpture at the beginning of the 20th century has become one of the most influential of his generation. An exhibition at the Mayol Museum in Paris shows his career path through about 50 of his works from the 350 belonging to the Giacometti Foundation. They're accompanied by sketches and plaster models, photographs and a recording of an interview in Paris with the artist dating back to 1964, two years before his death. It's laid out in chronological order because the Paris-based foundation and the museum wanted to show how Giacometti, born in 1901 and sculpting from life at the tender age of 13, was influenced by a neo-impressionist artist father and developed his style and continued to research form and matter through the human body and head for his whole life. From his early beginnings, he learned classical sculpture and went on to try out cubism and surrealism. Catherine Grenier is the director of the Giacometti Foundation. She deployed her extensive knowledge of the artist in the From Tradition to Avant-Garde exhibition of his work. His roots were a sculpture that he started to do when he was very young and he was very good in representation. And he went to the Académie de la Grande Chaumière in Paris and studied under Anton Bourdel, who was a modern artist but looking to classical art. And uh, Giacometti have had this first style himself of something which was more academic than modern, even if it was at the beginning of the 20s. But very soon, because he came to Paris and took a studio there, he became aware of the modernity and the avant-garde. And uh, he met the cubist artist, and he started immediately to uh, make cubist works, but in his own style and with his own subject. And the subject actually is a human figure. And so very uh, early on, he has been an avant-garde artist, looking also at African art, at cycladic art, as all the artists were doing at this time. Thierry Poteau is the head of research at the Giacometti Foundation. We weren't planning on holding a retrospective. Instead, we want to present Giacometti solely through his sculptures to show that his way of working was anything but linear. There was a constant back and forth between working from live models in a classical way and being influenced by the most forceful avant-gardists of his time. The exhibition shows that even if Giacometti had been at one time a cubist and also a surrealist artist, and that he worked with different media, he'd always been a sculptor who kept on digging for inspiration. It also shows that some of the inspiration bounced off ideas and moods that fellow artists active in the 1920s had, people like Germaine Richier or Sip Zadkin or Jacques Lipschitz. Grenier. He have always looked at all the sculptures of his time, the ones that were close to him, the avant-garde sculptor artists, but also the ones that were more classical, uh, like uh, Mayol, by example, who was a uh, classical modern, we, we could say. And uh, they were interesting for him because he was full of questions about how the other artists from uh, the very 
ancient time to his own time had solved some of the problems he was facing. And so all of a sudden, in uh, 1935, he decided to come back to a figurative sculpture and working after the model in the studio. Then uh, he worked uh, in different styles, and that's also is interesting. He was somebody always researching, always looking for uh, a new way of uh, translating the reality. And for that, again, he looked at other sculptures. He said, all the times are the same. I am contemporary to all these artists uh, from uh, prehistoric time or uh, Egyptian time, as well as uh, for the artists who are my friends. While smoother, neater finishes are part of Giacometti's early works, his later sculptures with their rough paste stroke surfaces seem to reflect constant movement or even evolution of human existence. However, Catherine Grenier says he combined both movement and stability. He was interested in the frozen movement, actually, like uh, in Egyptian art. So there is a sense of movement, but there is also a, a, a very strong sense of stability. And this was something very interesting for him because he wanted really to, to, to go directly to the core of the human uh, body and, uh, and the human representation. So uh, it was not the movements like the expressionist artist would have looked for. Uh, it was not the movement of his own inner life or tempers that he, he would uh, reproduce uh, and uh, embed in his culture. It was really the ideas that um, he wanted to represent the man or woman in motion, uh, but he wanted this idea of motion to be linked with uh, also uh, something who is um, between uh, life and death, the uh, feeling of perhaps immortality. Among the 50 or so sculptures, you can see the fascinating way Giacometti used different materials, including bronze, however, mostly plaster, which Grenier says he liked particularly. For sure, it's a cheap material, and it also breaks easily, qualities that were essential for Giacometti's purpose. Poto. La tête restera toujours, de toute façon, son obsession. The head remained his obsession throughout his whole life. His aim is to show the human figure as close as possible to the way he sees it. It may seem strange to us, but that's what he tried to do, whether it's the head, the body or the base that is part of the piece. He pursued his obsession, which was to represent what he himself saw. Giacometti's works convey the sense of fragility of human beings. It was his lifelong favourite subject. The exhibition provides biographical evidence to add to the sensorial experience of Giacometti's works. You can hear the artist's voice explaining how, from the start, his aim was to decode the human form, face, and what he saw of it. A French public broadcasting interview from 1964 filmed in the artist's small studio in Montparnasse towards the end of his life. Since 1935, it's been one long exercise in trying to know what I see. Therefore, for me, the human figure is not an excuse to make a beautiful picture or beautiful sculpture. 
But the canvas or the clay are merely the means for me to try to understand what I see. Sketches, lithographs, all give an idea of the den where the Swiss émigré worked for almost 40 years, as do, more explicitly, the works of well-known 20th-century photographers such as Brassai and Sabine Weiss. And of course, even though this exhibition is small, there's a lot more to discover there. Well, that's all we have time for this week in Culture in France. Our morning and weekend radio programmes are going off air after the 19th of November 2018, but you can find out about cultural events in Paris and elsewhere in France on digital RFI English on our website, rfienglish.com, or our RFI English Facebook page and RFI English on YouTube. So I hope you'll keep clicking in to hear and read us. From me, Roslyn Hyams, and until the next digital time, goodbye.